0: your heart decides the destination your mind will design the map to reach it say it again with me when your heart decides the destination your mind will design the map to reach it the reason we ask you to write down your goals and your dreams is because you can only do something you see. You can only have faith for something you can see. God talks in pictures. Do you remember the story of Abraham when God said see the stars that's what your kids going to be like? Remember that? And he changed his conversation because what you see determines what you say. In the room of your imagination or the room of your experience. Now the reason we ask you to prioritize your goals is because passion is a clue to something God is doing in your life. Pay attention to passion. I wrote one book at a night. I took another year to write another one because the difference levels my passion. The difference was my passion level. When God stirs you to have faith for something, how many have a goal of having home debt free? How many have a goal of having... See, pay attention to that passion. That's where your faith is working. Passion is a clue to a schedule. Passion is a clue to a schedule that God is working with in your life. God spoke to Joseph, and he saw himself in a dream as in authority. And he changed his sense of protocol, changed his behavior. Very, very important truth here. When your heart decides the destination, your mind will design the map to reach it. Let me say something here I should have said earlier, and I want to clarify something. The gospel has two sides to it. The person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus two different things the purpose the person of Jesus prepares you for the next world the principles of Jesus prepare you for this world so you can be ready for heaven and I know how to live on earth let me understand that it doesn't take but a moment to prepare for eternity it takes a lifetime to prepare for earth all I need to be ready for heaven is to receive Christ in a moment the thief next to Jesus on the cross said, Would you remember me today when you're coming back? He said, Today you'll be with me. No Greek, no Hebrew, no Bible school. Ready. See, how many knows you could be right, not bright? You have a clean heart and an empty head. It doesn't take a whole lot of sense to get your heart right. Look at someone next to you and say, You got a chance. You got a chance. I could have something to drink up here, it would be good. Now, there's a difference between an experience with God and the expertise of God. The presence of Jesus creates my joy. The principles of Jesus create my prosperity. Being saved has nothing to do with financial prosperity. Zero. The proof of that, thanks, son. By the way, it's great. I want you to make welcome my son, 24 years old, Jason, who traveled with me. Precious, precious son. Thank God for a gentle son. Very, very important truth here. The principles of Jesus determine my prosperity. Now, the church has embraced Jesus the person and now experienced his peace. The church has not studied his principles. So we've lost the prosperity. Prosperity the ungodly have rejected Jesus the person so they've lost the peace but every success book discusses his principles and they produce his prosperity so what we're covering today is some principles very big will get the time management setting goals all these kind of things because I don't care how full of the Holy Ghost you are if you don't have a picture of where you're going, God has to get Canaan in you before He gets you into Canaan. Your future has to get inside you. Look at this again. When your heart decides the destination, almost nobody knows what they want. If you ever go, if you ever go into a four-way stop, you know that. When your heart decides the destination, you won't go. How long you have been here? I don't know. How, what's your dog's name? You know. People don't know. They're very. I've, I've been with people who look at a waitress they've never seen in their life and say, "What do you think I ought to eat?" I'm talking about indecision here. When your heart decides the destination, your mind will design the map to reach it. It's important that you have a dream room at your house where you put pictures on the wall of what you desire your future to be. It's important that you announce your goal because when you announce a goal, you force adversaries to expose themselves. When you announce your goal, you force every friendship to state their level of commitment to you. Nothing is more powerful than to have a picture of what you want, speak it, declare it, and unclutter your life of anything adversarial to it. Now, if you don't set a goal, it is impossible for you to identify who belongs in your life. Until you have a picture of Canaan, you don't know that Moses is sin of God. You have to have a picture of what you want to become capable of identifying those called to you. You don't even know the relationships that are of God and those that are not unless you have a goal in your life. Number two, what you see determines what you're willing to change. What you see. In your imagination or in your life you can only do something you see never put in front of you what does it belong in you God thinks in pictures when I was the teenager they showed us videos of drug addicts experiencing withdrawal so we would change our opinion about drugs I was heading to a buffet table for a second plate when I noticed a 400-pound man waddle through the door I sat back down I saw my future waddling in that door what you see determines what you're willing to change a preacher of mine lost 150 pounds from the previous year I was there and I said Jerry how did you do it that's a you know 150 pounds a lot of weight that's a missing person in your life and he made a statement he said instead of fried chicken baked chicken instead of dressing fat-free dressing I said order for me went to a meal went to a restaurant. and why I was willing to change and I tell you what since two months ago here in Toronto blood pouring out of my left nostril blood pressure suddenly had registers with me I was willing to I got my weight trainer now I'm 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 up every morning I'm walking two and three miles every day working out every day I'm on, And today is the fattest I will ever be the rest of my life this is the most Murdoch you'll ever have a chance to see I've got some goals here three what you respect you will attract this single wisdom key could revolutionize your life forever it did mine respect is different than love to love something is to find it desirable to respect something is to find it valuable you will never attract what you love you will never attract what you need you will only attract what you value We don't respect health of the body of Christ. We respect healing. We'll sit five hours in a healing crusade, but we're not about to jog for five minutes. We're not in the health. We're in the healing. Heal me, Lord, so I can go buy some pork. You know.
1: <laughs>
0: we don't respect money in the body of Christ. That's why we teach so much about materialism. We talk about greed when we don't even have enough. We talk about people wanting too much, and most folks can't even pay their house bill. Let me understand what I'm talking about. I mean, that's like selling life jackets on the Sahara Desert. What do you say, Henry? (laughs) Respect is a chosen virtue. It's an attitude that you chose. God gives us... The opportunity to select an attitude that compensates for a lack in IQ. I will never take an IQ test. I want to live thinking I'm brighter than what I really am. But God has given me, and this is strong, God has given me the privilege of selecting an attitude that makes up for anything I'm lacking in gifts and skills. I can be born the son of a poor man, but respecting the discoveries of uncommon achievers, rise to millionaire status. That's why I studied Bill Gates. Every word he says. When he said in his book, Business at the Speed of Thought that he wanted a paperless office, I took on computers and started studying computers. When Warren Buffett, the second wealthiest man in America, said the habit of taking a portion of every paycheck and putting it into a mutual fund system was more important than how much you saved. The habit of taking a portion. I started putting a percentage of my income every paycheck into the investment system. See, if you're going to lose weight, you don't want to sit down at your 400 pound sister-in-law and say, "How do you lose weight?" <laughs> and when I want prosperity, I don't want to sit down. I don't want. To, I don't want to study prosperity at the feet of somebody who can't even pay a car off. Are you with me? Conversely, I can be born the son of a wealthy man and disregard his instructions, disregard his teachings, and plummet into poverty. That's why only 2% out of all those who inherit wealth ever increase it. Read the book The Millionaire Next Door. It's fascinating. Millionaire Next Door. What's your respect? Why? We don't see the value. One lady said, don't you think if the devil wants you to have money, he'll give it to you? If, if God wants you to have money, he'll give it to you. If he doesn't, he won't. I said, sounds logical to me. God, wouldn't you to comb your hair this morning? He'd have combed it for you. To me, that's my greatest fear of hell, is being stuck with all the fools of the world in one place at one time. That's my. I don't fear the flames. It's the idiots. When you open your mouth, I know what grade you're in. One man told me, he said, don't you think that, 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 that the devil gives you a lot of money so you'll backslide away from God. I said, then why hasn't he overdosed you? He said, I hadn't thought about that.
1: <laughs> Lord, if
0: you think twice, you'll be ahead of everybody in your family.
1: <laughs>
0: Read this out loud with me. What you respect, you will. Utter. So when you come to me today and you say, Dr. I, I I, I, I really have a financial problem. I'm going to say, no, you don't. You will never have a financial problem your whole life. It'll be a wisdom problem. You will never have a marriage problem. It'll be a wisdom problem. You cannot change anything in your life until you change what you know. Because your present circumstances reveal your present knowledge. Three belief systems exist on the earth. One says that God's in control of everything. You ever heard that? God's in control. How idiotic can you get? If God's in control of everything, you can't prosecute a rapist. God's in control. You can't prosecute a child molester or a wife beater if God was in control. Jesus looked across the room and said, How often I would have gathered his mother, him, would gather her brood, but you would not. He said he wasn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. They're all perishing every day. You don't have to think but twice to know that that's stupid. Second belief system teaches that Satan's in control. You ever heard that? The devil. One woman said, Mike, will you pray for me? The devil's just been harassing me. I ran out of gas on the freeway yesterday. Too stupid to stop at the Exxon station 30 miles back. Look at someone next to you and say, aren't you concerned about your ignorance? Go ahead, look at him and say, aren't you concerned about your ignorance? Third belief system is documented 331 times in the scripture. If, 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 Isaiah 119, you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the food of the land. My circumstances have been created by my decision. One woman came to one time, she said, Brother Mike, my husband's beat me for 20 years. I said, obviously, the damage occurred on the first beating. When you stayed for beating number two, You qualified. To be in relationship what you can tolerate you can't change I said what you can tolerate you cannot change if you can live with eight bucks an hour you'll never make ten the present reveals your your permission your present circumstances reveal what you're willing to live with what you respect will attract you ever wonder why poor people who work around the wealthy stay broke three keys you can't learn from anyone you resent you cannot learn from anyone you envy you can only learn from someone you admire now the greatest admirer i have in my life is one of my little sisters she's my number one fan by far she is brilliant, beyond words, very smart. I have never had to tell her an instruction twice ever in my life. She heads my publishing company, all my books printed. She listens to every word I say, remembers it forever, writes it down, follows instructions. And one day it just hit me, huh. I said, I wonder if her house is paid off. I call her and she says no I said how much do you take to pay it off she told me I said oh, I'll have a check overnight I said I don't want you to live with a house note see you don't one day a favor is worth a thousand days of labor you don't need everybody like you just the right person liking you I'll tell you I got some people that like me that hadn't helped me an eye one iota I just live you had helped me one iota let me know what I'm talking about what you respect you will attract what you respect you will attract what you value. Will come towards you. I don't care if it's God, a miracle, or a dog. I love animals. I've got a bunch of animals: antelope at my house, and deer, and and I live out in the country with a seven-acre yard. And we have. I love animals. I've had everything from camels to llamas to lions and zebras and monkeys. One day, my lion got out. Remember that, Jason? Lord. By the way, if you ever own a lion, you'll never be afraid of a dog the rest of your life. gonna tell you. <laughs> Lord, big as me. Jason knocked on the door and said, Dad, hey, we got a problem, KK's out. Shoot. No such thing as a tame lion, there's train line, mine wasn't trained. Let him loose in the house, but not outside. But I called a guy over there own twenty seven line twenty yeah, twenty seven lines to uh, live two and a half hours away, he trains them for zoos. He told me that a lion senses and knows what you're feeling. He knows if you fear him, that animals live by instincts. And they respond to an environment. You could, did you know thoughts have a presence? Now, if you ever studied pheromone, you know that. Every living thing emanates a fragrance. That's why there's people, you look at him, you don't even like them. You don't even know why. Let me know what I'm talking about. There's things coming out of them towards you. Now, that's another study. But I can walk into a room and feel anger. I can walk into a room and feel love. I can walk into a room and feel confusion because thoughts have a presence. Are you with me? I can't sneer at Benny Hinn and wonder why the Holy Spirit doesn't come to my house. I can't sit there and criticize Fred Price or Creflo Dollar and wonder why I'm still broke. You don't attract what you love. You attract what you value. And whatever is missing in your life is something you do not yet place a great value on. When Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened, he wasn't instructing us on how to get something. He was explaining what has come to your life. Anything you've really asked for, you got it. Anything you've really sought, you found it. No good thing will he would hope from them that walk uprightly before him. Psalms 84 verse 1. If you being, no, no, being evil know how to give good gifts, have as much more as your heavenly Father have? Whatever is missing in my life is something I have not yet sought. Isn't that strong? Never forget it. Lady spoke up, and I was explaining the value of two, Genesis two eighteen. God said, it's not good that man be alone. I'd have never heard of a wife. God could have given him giraffe. He would have known the difference, you know. Nothing God makes is complete. Everything that God makes is a part. My eyes need a view. My ears need sound. My mind needs thoughts. God said it wasn't good that man be alone. And a woman spoke up. Some of us don't need a husband. She said, I've been single 14 years, and I don't need a man in my life. I looked at her for a few seconds. I said, whatever, do your own seminars. never crowd a great idea in a small brain after the seminar she walks up to him. she said could I talk to you I said yes yeah. she said sometimes I really do wish I had a man in my life but nobody ever asked me out shock I said two keys got to be honest with you I have four sisters gonna be honest with you she said yes I said number one you're not fun man pursue pleasure Number two, it'd be perverted for a man to pursue pain. What you respect. Some of you want not get off of this one, aren't you? What, are, what you respect, you will attract. Whatever is missing, now God's really been knocking me over the head with this thing because I won't go into details, but there's something I'm really working with in my life. Because what's missing in your life is your catalyst to pursue God. Whatever's missing in your life is a motivator for your pursuit of God in His presence. He uses vacuum as a force. What you respect you will attract Number four, the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Stay that with me. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. The rewards of ritual are beyond description. The secret of your health is hidden in your daily routine. You can't change your life till I change your habits. Something you're doing daily is determining at a tragedy or a few, or a, a miracle in your life. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. David prayed seven times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day. Jesus made the statement, I sat with you daily in the temple. Habit is a good word. It means anything you do twice becomes easier. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. This is powerful. Habit will take you further than desire. The purpose of discipline is to birth a habit. You're not a person of discipline, you're a person of habit. Discipline is concentrated effort for 30 days to birth a habit. Pete some all a friend of mine runs every day for lunch five miles a day, I said, or three and a half miles a day. I said, Pete, that must take some discipline. He said, I never think about it. He said, When I started it was hard. Now it's second nature. You cannot live a life of discipline. You live a life of habit. The purpose of discipline is to birth a habit. Use something twice, it gets easier. Shack O'Neal, one hour night, 7.30 to 8.30, free throws. He practices every night of his life. Muhammad Ali, when was Cassius Clay, 18 years old, 4.30 every morning, every morning on the road, every morning. Larry Bird, the basketball legend, every night, 500, or every morning, 500 free throws before breakfast. 5.30 to 6.30, every morning of his life for over 35 years, Fred Price, prays in tongues, one hour a day. Mary Kay Ash worth $1.2 billion, every morning from 1963. So she died a few months ago. She took a sheet of paper and she had a planning habit. She wrote down six things she would do in the order of their value and never broke that pattern every day of her life. If you fail, I can trace it to a habit. If you succeed, I can trace it to a habit. I have several habits in my life. One is I enter the presence of God every day at the same time. You enter the presence of God every day at the same time. If you use your energy to enter His presence... Let him keep you there. Don't say I'm going to be there two hours and then the second day, miss it. Use your energy to in, to get into his presence. First thing I did this morning, I punched play on my recorder, started listening to a song to the Holy Spirit. Then I took my little digital to recorder. of his
1: mouth more than my necessary food
0: I place that on repeat I will listen to that one verse up to 200 times a day because what enters me determines what exits me you can't have a great life unless you have a pure life you cannot have a pure life unless you have a pure mind you cannot have a pure mind unless you wash it daily in the Word of God I can't tell you the importance get yourself a digital to recorder I do it in my own language because I believe what I say more than I believe in what anybody else says I listen to that and I wash my mind with the Word of God washing it, washing it, washing it, washing it. it's a habit it's a habit you need a planning habit every morning write down seven things you will do that day write down seven things you will do that day make it a habit you don't have to get hairy. you don't have to get too meticulous just every single morning of your life Write down seven things you'll do. I'll walk two miles today, two. I'll call so-and-so. Number three, I'll write one letter. Number four, write down seven things. Seven is the number of completion that you'll do every morning. And it must link with your, with your goals. And I pray in tongues constantly. That's a habit I have in my life. I pray in tongues when I'm in the airport. I sing to the Holy Spirit, constantly sing to the Holy Spirit. He reacts to a song. A song is a corridor into his presence. He requires a song for entry hallelujah successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally anytime god gives you the gift of access to an uncommon achiever ask them the three habits in their life three things they do daily if you're with a banker a realtor a great preacher anytime god gives you the gift of access to an uncommon man or woman drop your pail in their well ask them what they do consistently because what you do daily is you what you do occasionally is a potential you your rewards in life are determined by the problems you're willing to solve for others say that with me your rewards in life are determined by the problems you're willing to solve for others say it again money is not a mystery Money is an explanation of the problem you solve. Money explains the solution you contain. I pay a garbage man twelve dollars now. pay an attorney two hundred now. Why? They solve two different kinds of problems. Every person contains a solution. Everything created solves a problem. My eyes see. My watch solves a problem. My ears hear. My hands reach. My feet walk. My mouth speaks. The lights solve a problem. You are a walking collection of solutions. You must inventory what God gave you to solve a problem. Howard Hughes, the billionaire, paid a man 500000 a year for being discreet. Howard Hughes, the billionaire, was a recluse. He wanted to, solve, he wanted to do all of his work in the privacy of a hotel room. He didn't want anybody to ever know where he was. And this man knew where he was, handled all of his transactions under the door of his hotel room. The man simply wouldn't talk you say that's it you got $500,000 just for saying nothing Uh uh-huh you say well that's no kind of gift try finding it I've been paid as much as $40,000 to speak for a corporation for one hour I want to speak for days but they only wanted one hour But when their salesman left and increased their sales 25%, it was worth 40000 Whether your gift is motivation or orchestration or order, Donald Trump, the, the billionaire from New York, has a woman that he pays to go into every room before he arrives and gets it in order. When he finishes that room, she puts it back in order so he doesn't have to break his focus on keeping order. That's her job. One day my buzzer rang and the secretary said, Dr. Murat, the, the couple's going to take you to the airport. Said They they, 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 don't want, "They want to go shopping tomorrow. They don't want to take you to the airport. Could you drive yourself to the airport? I will never forget the day. I said, I can drive all of you to the airport.
1: <laughs> there
0: was one young lady on staff named Alice. She always said, Dr. if I can ever do anything. I said, Alice, would you mind taking me up? <gasps> oh, that'd be an honor. She showed up. I mean she was there on time. Pick me up, take me. There was some people on staff. I don't think it looks good for a woman to bring you to the airport. Well see, I didn't think it looked good to see me along the freeway with my luggage walking to the
1: airport. <laughs> She bought
0: herself a chauffeur's uniform I thought I said one day I said Alice I'm flying all night and uh, you don't have to she has four kids four teenagers three of them triplets and I said you don't have to uh, I'm going to be flying so I just take a taxi because I'll be getting in like 10 minutes till 6 a.m. in the morning
1: I would dream
0: of a man of God riding in a taxi oh no I'll pick you up Somebody handed me two hundred bucks one day and said, "Do anything you want to with it." I got off the plane and I said, I don't know if "Somebody gave me two hundred dollars. So I could do anything." Buy your kids some school supplies. A few weeks later, somebody gave me five hundred dollars to said, "Do anything you want to." I got off the plane and said, I don't know if "Somebody gave me five hundred dollars. Go buy yourself some clothes. You know, women like clothes." A few weeks later, these her are here. Shepherd days are coming to a close sighted that means the present is through kingship days are here shepherd days are coming to a close hallelujah hallelujah an enemy is anyone who tries to expose what the blood of jesus has covered in your life an enemy is anyone who would rather discuss your flaws than your future an enemy is anybody who tries to weaken your influence when you're absent An enemy is anyone who will not receive your influence for good. That's why the Pharisees were enemies to Christ. They rejected Christ's influence. I told someone the other day that had been close to my life. I said, uh, I can't remain in relationship with you because you have rejected my influence. So I don't go where I'm tolerated. I go where I'm celebrating. By the way, don't try to understand your enemy. You destroy your enemy. Number 11. Your respect for time is a prediction of your financial future. Say that with me. The only gift you received from God to exchange for his other gifts was a gift of time. fact, like the price of his presence is time in his presence. I never met a wealthy man who didn't have a high regard for time. I never met a poor person who did. The dominant difference between the poor and the prosperous is their respect for time. Think about it. God didn't give you friends. He gave you time. You sowed it into people and created a relationship. God didn't give you cash. He gave you time. You went to a man and said, I'll give you eight hours of my day if you'll give me some money. And you exchanged your time for money. Everything you've got, you exchange your time for it. Everything you don't have, you have been unwilling to exchange your time for Three keys to managing your time. Number one, set specific goals and deadlines. Set specific goals and deadlines. Number two, announce those goals clearly to those around you. It forces adversaries to reveal themselves and it forces others to take a posture of passion towards your life. It forces friendships to reveal how committed they are to your life. Three, identify time wasters. You ever had somebody drop by your house and say, well, just had an hour to kill. They want to kill yours when they kill theirs. How do you recognize someone who wastes time? Those who waste their own will waste yours. When you have appointments, say, I'll meet you from 2 o'clock to 2.20. When they saunter in at 2.15, you say, wow, only five minutes left. You don't delay everybody else because that person didn't respect the appointment. Say, well, They come in and say, wow, only five minutes. Well, it's going to take, well, fine, we'll reschedule. How's next month at this same time? 2 o'clock to 2.20 next month. I want to tell you something. Everything you do nurtures an appreciation of your time. You have to educate people on how to approach you. You have to educate people on how to respect your time and value your time. And you say, my God, I don't like to live like that. Well, that's fine as long as you understand that your respect for time is a prediction of your financial future. Any prosperity conference that doesn't contain a time management portion is a farce. Well, I, I know the scripture we all love. We're waiting for the wicked to die so we get their money. Hallelujah. But... You can listen to that for the next 10 years and stay broke. 40% of the bankruptcy is by born-again Christians. Because a piece of the puzzle isn't the puzzle. That's only one part of the truth. He said the hand of the... Well, Mike, they're going to make a mistake at the bank. And it's going to be in my favor. You ignoramus. Let me tell you something. He said a false balance is an abomination to him. God will not take it from somebody who earned it and give it to somebody who didn't. God doesn't give money to people who need it. You ought to know that by now. God only responds to your knowledge of truth. God doesn't respond to your needs. This is is what we can't grasp in the body of Christ. Oh, God's responding to my pain. God has never reacted to pain. Why do you think folks hurt for 40 years? God reacts to faith. God reacts to faith. Remember, his only pain is to be doubted. His only pleasure is to be believed. Twelve. Any movement towards order will expose something that does not belong in your life. Say that with me. Any movement towards order. Everybody say order. God's only obsession. Instructions are given to create order in your life. Order means right place, right time. Order means the accurate arrangement of things. Why isn't your nose on top of your head? Because you would drown the first rain. What if your eyes are on the bottom of your feet? Who's coming? Hold on, I can't see. What if your eyes are on the bottom of your feet and you're going across hot, hot pavement? Yeah, 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 my eyes are killing me. Eyes are Order is the accurate arrangement of things. And the purpose of order is pleasure, productivity, and profit. When you increase order in your life, you increase comfort, pleasure. You put your shirts in the right place, you feel better. You get your car washed, you feel better. Get your manicure, pedicure, you want to love everybody. It's called order. Everybody say order. Donald Trump has a lady that walks into every room before he gets there, puts it in order. After he leaves, puts it back in order. If there's anything, I was with Benny Hinn's house the other night. Order. Order. Everything in its place. Tommy Tenney's father, I'll be with Tommy Tenney tonight, but a close friend of mine, I was at his dad's house some weeks ago, and everything, he brought me to a secret place where he prays. And this is where my prayer, this is where this is at, order. Everybody say order. Order requires time. It requires attention and assistance. Well, Mike, I, I'm a spontaneous kind. I, I, That's fine. Spontaneity has a go. Structure has a go. If you're spontaneous and don't like to put at least honor, order enough to have people help you get in order. Got some statistics that'll come out in the coming weeks in my books. I write a book a month and mail it to everybody I know. If you don't get our book a month, uh if we have your address today, I'll send you the book a month. We got one come out on productivity in just another week. And I write a book a month and I mail it to everybody as a seed into your life. And so if I have your address I'll get it. But we're going to be covering some of these. They've got some great statistics on what disorder costs a company and corporations disorder. You lose one thing to paperwork, you know trying to find pay how many know what I'm talking about just order. There's so much. God gave you 207 facts about this. And this is why. Any movement towards order creates pleasure. If you live in disorder. You will attract people comfortable with disorder. Thus multiplying your problems. If you insist on order. You force people who don't belong. To get out of your life. If you become obsessed with Order. Wrong people will find you unbearable. Hallelujah. Mike, how do I get wrong people out of my life? Get so obsessed with doing right that you become a burden they can't bear. 13. What you see determines what you desire. Say it with me. I went on a fast. Three days, Monday. Gets on the plane. I fly to Tennessee, Would you like some ice cream? No ma'am. You sure? I don't think so. Five minutes later she puts chocolate all over the ice cream of the guy next to me. I'm eating five minutes I'm eating ice cream on a three day fast already. First day. I could not believe it. Praise God, Mike, I'm a Christian now. Old things are passed away. All things become new. I don't even want things that are wrong anymore. I'm a Christian. Corn. That's my cuss word. Corn. Sheer corn. If you've got 10 extra pounds around your belly, that's proof you can have a good heart and still want wrong stuff. Don't ever think just because you love God that you're incapable of wanting wrong things. Well, that's the devil. I don't really know. All I know is that you're going to want some wrong things. And overcoming is rewarded. Only put in front of you what belongs in you. Never gaze at what doesn't belong in your future. What you see. Years ago I was with a preacher. A well-known, famous preacher at the time. And uh, I noticed him looking at different women. And I said, uh, Brother, you're married. He laughed, yell. Yeah. But even if you've ordered, it's okay to review them in you. He soon plummeted into sin, lost his marriage, lost his ministry, and is dead today without a ministry. Folks, you can't play with that kind of thing. Only put in front of you what belongs inside you. Focus. Everybody say focus. The only reason men fail is broken focus. Fourteen. The anointing you respect is the anointing that increases in your life. Say that with me. The anointing you respect is the anointing that increases in your life. Say it again. I want to come back to this. Jason, let's run through the next seven just briefly because I want to to just put it in the hearts of the people. Number 15. What you can tolerate, you cannot change. If you can live with eight bucks an hour, you'll never make ten. The present reveals your permission. Never complain about something you're permitting. If you're gonna let something go and shut up about it, change it or be quiet. What you can tolerate you cannot change. This is important because anything permitted multiplies. I had to fire a guy one time because he was very disrespectful to me in the office. I thought if he'll do this to my face, what is he doing behind my back? You mean you fired him? Preacher. Been with me twelve weeks, but anything permitted will grow. Sixteen. Your mentor is a prophecy of your future. Say it with me. Your mentor is a prophecy of your future. Say it again. Two ways to get wisdom, mistakes and mentors. Experience is God's slowest way of teaching. God uses experience to teach people too rebellious to sit at the feet of a mentor. Your mentor is not your best friend. Your best friend loves you the way you are your mentor loves you too much to leave you the way you are your best friend is your cheerleader your mentor is your coach your best friend tells you what you're doing right your mentor tells you what you're doing wrong your mentor sees your enemy before you do your mentor knows your gift and its potential your mentor is the one who knows which weapons will defeat an enemy it's very important if i can there's five ways to predict a person's future way number five is to find your mentor if i can find whose counsel you embrace, I can discern the decisions you'll make. When I see Naomi, I know what's inside of Ruth. When I see Paul, I know what's inside of Timothy. When I hear Moses, I know what's inside of Joshua. When I listen to Mordecai, I know the decision Esther will make. If Now, your mentor is not a person who gives you advice. Your mentor is the person whose advice you follow. it'll cost you to stay in the presence of a mentor 17 the problem that infuriates you the most is the problem God has assigned you to solve anger is a clue to your anointing anger is a signpost anger is passion requiring an appropriate focus when Moses saw an Egyptian beating up an Israelite anger rose on him while he was a deliverer pay attention to what makes you mad Healing ministries hate sickness. Prosperity ministries despise poverty. If I can see what you hate, I can discern your gift. Well, Mike, I don't think you should be angry. Well, talk to God. He's mad half the time, so it must have a purpose. Number eighteen. Everybody say that loud. One day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor. Say it again. One day of favor. Is worth a thousand days of labor three keys to favor number one discern it my reaction to my father determines God's reaction to me commandment number five the first clue that you'll succeed is your reaction to your parents God reacts to you proportion to the way you respond to your family your mother and dad authority over you that's the first clue the people who taught you to walk eat the people who helped educate you, the people who took care of you when nobody knew you, there's a commitment there. And if you'll honor your mother and father, it will go well with you all the days of your life. I wouldn't dream of my father buying anything. Why? He's my father. I bought his car for 25 years the other day. I said, Daddy, don't you want another car? Not really, son. I said, Dad, have a gorgeous, beautiful Lincoln right here. He said, Oh, I like that. (laughs) I pulled out the keys. It's yours. I brought him to a place. Daddy, would you like another house? Right now he's wanting to stay where he is. I said, Daddy, find another house. Find what, what do you like? Well, he's my father. Crack, cracker Jacks, Cheetos, and Root Beer. Those are three of his vices. That's my father. Two is solve the problem closest to you. Favor comes when you solve a problem close to you. If you'll start solving problems for people, favor is automatic. You have to sow it before you grow it. Favor has to become a seed before it becomes your harvest. Number three, and this is very important in the area of favor, you really, really must protect the relationships that have shown you favor. I follow the path of favor. I follow the path of favor. Where I see favor, where people are responsive to my life, I move that direction. To me, that's a clue. That's why Jesus went home with Zacchaeus and wouldn't go home with Pharisees with scriptures all over the roads. 19. Greatness is not the absence of a flaw but the ability to survive your flaw. Say it with me. Greatness is not the absence of a flaw but the ability to survive your flaw. Say it again. Some of us honor men on TV, great preachers, wow, oh, wow. If you were with them every day, you'd see flaws. you are kidding. Oh, no. They turn you off. Why is it the people we admire the most are the people we know the least? Everything's flawed. Everything. You're kidding. No. Everything. If you're waiting to follow an unflawed leader, you've got a lonely future. (laughs) Abigail. Married to Nabal. David sends ten men to get food from Nabal. Nabal cusses out David. The men return to David and say, "He cussed you out." David pulls (laughs) David David pulls out a sword and says, "I'm going to kill everything he owns." Now that's David. You know everybody's got a a king and a fool in him. Everybody. I had met the man. Don't have a king and a fool in him. And the one you talk to is the one that responds. (laughs) Here's a sweet psalmist. I love you, Holy Spirit. He won't give me a hamburger? I'll kill him. This is David. Every man has a schizophrenic nature. (laughs) Nabal's wife hears about it, grabs a servant, says, get some food, rushes down the path, falls at his feet, spreads a picnic table, and she looks up at David. And she says, my husband's an idiot This is a rare woman because most folks who marry fools don't realize it. I've heard women say, well, that's just a man for you. No, you got one of our rejects. That's not just a man. And she looks up at David's face. And she doesn't correct him. Because correction upward is rebellion. Rebellion is witchcraft. Rebellion is an attempt to control the decisions of another with your desires instead of principle. She says, We all know your greatness. You've got kingship written all over you. God's going to deal with him. Like a stone out of a slingshot. Slingshot, slingshot, Goliath, slingshot, David. Here's a woman who knows how to talk. He's talking to him about what he knows about. Why don't my husband talk to me? God didn't make Adam for Eve. He made Eve for Adam. I knew there was something I didn't like about him. I could feel that male chauvinism just coming out.
1: <laughs> she
0: talks to the king and David. He's acting like an idiot. He's wanting to kill a guy that won't give him a hamburger. But the woman talks to the king and him.
1: And the king
0: stands up. She says, we know God's with you. Yeah. Every man is a king searching for his queen. How do you know when you found her? When she talks to the king in you. You found a fool. When she finds and talks to the fool in you. She addresses the king in him. And the king stands up. She says. Yeah, uh-huh. I got four sisters and I'm struggling to get this truth across men don't marry a woman because of how she looks they marry a woman because of how they feel in her presence that's why you'll see you can see good looking men with an ugly woman say, my Lord, have you ever done that? Why, Lord, how did he end up with her? And vice versa. I've seen beautiful women with an ugly man walking along. I said, Lord. I tell my sisters, don't constantly tell your husband he makes stupid decisions. The day'll come you'll see him thumbing through the wedding album, muttering to himself She's right, I do make stupid decisions. Ten days later, God thumps the heart of Nabal, he falls over dead, David hears about it and writes her a note. Hi. Heard about your husband's funeral. P.S. I'm coming through Jerusalem next week. How about a cup of coffee at Denny's? And that little lady married David. She talked
1: to the king.
0: Greatness is not the absence of a flaw. But your ability to survive it. Go back to number 12 or something, 14, son. I want to close there's so much I want to say I'm already over time the plane will have to wait I want to pray for three specific blessings to occur in your life in the next 12 months read this one more time the anointing you respect is the anointing that increases in your life say it again the anointing you respect is the anointing that increases in your life say it again The anointing you respect is the anointing that increases in your life.